What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, currently second in points in the MX Series here in Canada for the Rockstar Triple Crown Series. Goes by the name of Tyler Medaglia. Tyler, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, man? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, it's a beautiful day here. How are things out on the East Coast? It's actually really hot here. I mean, normally we only uh, we would only need air conditioning like once or twice a year um, in the summer, but this last like couple weeks has been a scorcher out here. So it's uh, yeah, it's touch and go getting some good sleep when it's as hot. No kidding. Yeah, not uh, not optimal for sleeping weather. Actually, this is Manitoba's hottest summer on record in 30 years. Uh, so uh, that's pretty amazing to, to me. And uh, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Don't have full. Uh, you probably have full AC, but I don't have a, the, the full AC in my my uh, apartment here. So uh, a couple of fans are doing the job. Can't keep the windows open. Things are stuffy. But uh, hey, it's summer. It's a whole lot better than minus 30, right? Yeah, no kidding. I take that. Uh, I'll take this any day of the week compared to having to deal with the winter, man. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a summer person for sure. Absolutely, no, a hundred percent. And uh, um, and this summer has been awesome for you. Before we get into the summer, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, prep leading up to this summer. Would you? Uh, how did you escape uh, the rigors of an eastern winter uh, to to do some training down uh, down south? I imagine. What did you get up to to basically prepare yourself for what's become one of your most successful summers yet? Yeah, I mean, last year, uh, last year I kind of came on strong knees, post like like normal, and I didn't even go. I didn't do anything during the winter. I I stayed home and um, yeah, I worked with my dad a little bit, and um, yeah, I just needed a change. I mean, I'd been going down since '06 or something, so it was, and you know, we had three kids, and we have three kids, and. Um, uh, Poppy was just the, you know a baby baby, so right. Um, it, I, I was kind of needed here, and of course, um, it was kind of up in the air. I mean, obviously with the, with the with the team was good, and 
Um, but before that, it was kind of like um, after I left the Husky program, it was kind of like, um, you know, there was a lot of touch and go and a lot of uh, hearsay. So I didn't really want to totally spend a bunch of money and, and go down. But uh, this year after we got the ball rolling and got uh, some good results towards the end of last year, um, kind of rolled it right into this year. I got the Cowies uh, really early, which is, you know, for me, like it's been, you know, a transition from KTM to Husky. And then, then it was like the 350, 450 debacle. <laughs> and then it was, uh, and then it was the Honda. Um, and I, for some reason, I didn't really, um, I didn't mind the bike, right? It was really good riding in the woods, but, uh, on the moto side, um, because I'm super rear end steering biased, uh, rider, um, it was, it felt a little bit harder for me to ride. And instantly when I got on the Kawasaki, I felt a lot better. Um, I just didn't allow me to ride, uh, like being a smaller guy, uh, it's kind of pretty, it's pretty important to have bike set up uh on point when you're riding a 450 because right you know if it's if it's not and you're you know i'm 145 pounds if, if it's off then it's kicking the shit out of you so um you gotta have your bike dialed so this year we got our stuff early and i um have a good friend that lives just outside of jacksonville florida um jim edgar and i rented uh you know i rent half the half his house it's got a shop and it's like five minutes away from ww ranch and um, and yeah, so I would go down, um, like three weeks on and then come home for a week or two and kind of do that, um, you know, until I could, you know, after, until I could ride here in a hoodie, which is, you know, pretty early. And I, I would suffer it out, um, in some shitty weather and, and deal with cold hands and stuff. But, um, yeah, but when I needed to be down there, it was, uh, Jacksonville was where I was, uh, positioned. Absolutely, and like you'd mentioned, you've done this a, a number of years, and uh, you're no no stranger to uh, throwing on a hoodie, maybe uh, a different set of gloves to to ensure that you can put in some motos, um, like a kind of workmanlike that you've kind of developed uh, that your work ethic through motocross uh, over the last uh, honestly, it's been over a decade. Um, what do you attribute most of that uh, that grit to? Just the ability to uh, kind of take a situation, uh, unpack it the way you do. I don't know. I guess I think it just comes down to um, you can. I can kind of, you know, I can kind of embrace the um, the uncomfort of some situations. Um, you know, uh, with like you know, bicycle, racing bicycles, like kind of in my off season, kind of teach you. It taught me like, uh, um, especially once you get into the higher ranks, um, it taught you how to really really like learn how to suffer and then same with off-road racing you know doing gncc's and trying to compete at the front at a competitive level i mean you're riding a motorcycle at you know 80 percent of your your threshold for three hours in extreme conditions so um i think just and on top of it i have a great uh training program i have a good um katie um ferris is is my trainer and she has been for years and and uh i kind of and like i kind of stuck with it too like you can't if you're passionate about something you can't really give up and i think what it is is that uh, you know i'd find different things that worked and i would find little bits of improvement uh like marginal gains year after year and um you know just 
don't really give up on it when when I feel good. I I, I feel strong. Um, I and I'm still competitive. If I didn't feel like I had a if I didn't believe that I could win or have a chance at being on the podium, you know, I would maybe do it as, um, if you can't believe in yourself and if there's something there and, and you have something to chase, um, and that's pretty much how, uh, the way I look at it. And it's easy to stay motivated when, um, you kind of just, you kind of make it, um, you know, everything about it, like your training becomes like a hobby. So you don't hate it, right? Like right. if I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing yoga, I'm trying to, see like what kind of changes it does like how far you know i eventually could you know touch my knuckles on you know before i could barely touch past my knees and you know now i can touch my hands on on flat ground and just just stuff like that where you're just seeing improvements and and making it part of like a hobby same thing with cycling that's you know that helped me build a huge base and um for fitness and you know the, the whole thing is a big puzzle right so um yeah I've just been working on that steady. Definitely working yourself into a uh, a comfortable sleeping pigeon p- position. Uh, get that flexibility where it needs to be, so you can uh, do an all out assault on uh, the Canadian Motocross Series, which is now a uh, a three headed monster uh, arena cross outdoors and now uh, Supercross as well. And the uh, coming back of the Montreal Supercross, I know you got to be excited about that. Um, has the extra events and uh, a little bit, and because of that, uh, allowing teams to kind of structure themselves to get bikes to riders earlier, uh, kind of keep people more on the ball, more racing. Has that, do you think that that's uh, helped at all, uh, in just that, uh, uh, constant gate drops and, and, uh, and, and just getting into a real rhythm, um, of a season that I, at this point, you've probably had more gate drops this particular year than, uh, maybe the last two combined. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I think that helps um, for sure. I mean, we had to stay sharp um, pretty early. You know, like when I was down, when I was down Florida, I kind of had to get my shit together pretty quickly because there are racing started early in the year, and um, I did some. Pre- I did some preseason um, races in Florida, like on a you know, stock bike, just to get quick like just so i can develop things sooner um for example like i didn't know i didn't think i was gonna have to use a lower seat and and subframe um and just from based on practicing but then i went and did a local race and then immediately i figured out i realized that yeah i gotta (laughs) i gotta i gotta do that so um yeah and then we get to the arena cross and you know you start yelling with the team and um most of the staff on, on the team is the same um, I switched mechanics this year. Um, my friend Kitty was my mechanic for uh, several years, but now the uh, uh, Christian Huber is uh, my mechanic, and so we got to know each other um, pretty early in the year and figure out, you know, every, our own quirks and you know just that kind of stuff, and got the team sorted, and we did our gate drops, and um, really got the bike dialed. Uh, you know, doing all those arena crosses and, and like you say, just all the gate drops has helped keep everybody a bit more competitive. Absolutely. I feel like it's been a huge boost to the uh, to, to motocross community in general in Canada. Just uh, more events. It's uh, with, with so few events in the years prior, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind uh, with big gaps and, and whatnot. And uh, I, th- I feel like just uh, that, that racer's mindset 
is just uh, cemented in that much more with the extra events. Um, but for you, this particular season, we've seen moto victories, we've seen overalls, we've seen uh, uh, you, like if not for a, a bike issue in uh, in Manitoba, you may well have left that race leading the points, um, and, and now you only sit 25 points adrift from that points lead with, uh, I believe, three rounds to go. Um, give us an overview of your season, like a, a resurgence like like we've never seen as far as uh, a guy basically having his best season as a professional 12 years in. Yeah, it's, it's strange. I mean, obviously, I had, big, I had great success on 250s. Um, right. You know, I had 12 overalls or something in the 250 class, and... and um, like I had early success on the 450 when I first jumped on. I was a kid and was made out of rubber and could just like hang on for dear life and pin it for forever. And then, you know, and then just just figuring, like I said, just figuring things out bit by bit. But my team this year has really helped me a lot. Like Stu, um, Stu Robinson, he's really helped me um, just on developing the bike and, and testing and stuff. Something I really do much. Um, like when I was, like I said, early early days, I just kind of like hung on and just pinned it. And then at Blackfoot, they're pretty um, stingy on, not stingy, but very strict. And and uh, this is how the bike is. So kind of figure it out. And you know what I mean. Like there wasn't much feedback from me to. Um, not that it was a bad thing, just because I was obviously very green and, and uh, unexperienced in that. But um, it kind of helps, right? But now with Stu, he's always searching. He always thinks that the bike could be better, and we could have little uh, changes here and there, and and worse. A lot of years in the past, I would find something that would be comfortable on the track um, that I that I knew very well, and then I would basically just stick to that all season. I wouldn't really change anything because I would it was hard for me to figure out the direction to go I could feel it on the bike so I could if you made a change I could tell kind of I could feel that it was changed but I didn't know what direction it was and if I was riding and the forks felt harsh I wouldn't know which direction to go you know what I mean like yeah totally it could it, it could be either too stiff or too soft or, or you know a combination of all, all sorts of things so yeah I mean this year Stu is really really good with um, you know He's always asking me, what do I think? Um, and it took some time, too, because I would come off the track like last year. I'd be like, oh, bike's good. And then I'd go on with my day. And um, But now he kind of like, this year, he kind of like stopped me. Okay, no, wait. Like, this is, what, what can be better? Where is it off a little bit? And then I'd say, well, come to think of it, it was doing this over here. And then he's like, okay. And then we'll and then he notices it, and then I would go, and then he would change, you know, I have a relationship with him where he's, like, my go-to guy. Like, I trust him in in the bike changes, so he'll change it. He won't need to talk to me about it because he just, you know, the numbers of the clickers doesn't really matter to me. Um, so he would go and make a change, and then I would go back out and practice, and then, holy shit, you know, this is better. And then, uh, and then he would see something else. He's and then keep going and try something else with the back end of the bike. You know what I mean? So it was. We're always. He's always searching for something better, and and that really helps um, someone like me because I'm just going to go out and 
go as hard as I can, regardless of how it feels. Right. So, um, with him helping me pick apart the, the and and uh, getting the bike dialed, um, the motor side of things is is has always been fine with me. I've, um, you know, I can have the most explosive. Like they can pretty much go in and build the hardest hitting motor, and then I can kind of just adjust my how I ride that way, but the suspension thing and, and the and the testing has been huge this year with, with Stu and a big learning curve for me. So it's uh it's been fun. Absolutely. You look like you're having fun. And like you'd mentioned, uh, a back a back wheel steering motorcycle, which I believe the Kawasaki is uh based on uh development from uh two of the most predominant racers from the States that have had it for the last little while. Uh, and, uh, I think that still kind of rings true with that machine that with the, uh, kind of like a, a support system, like the team that you have right now, it's, uh, it's, it's come together with, uh, um, some maturity and some race results that you can really be proud of, um, holding that big, uh, that, that first place trophy above your head. And after a place like Gopher Dunes, uh, you, you gotta be walking out of there feeling pretty, uh, pretty happy with yourself. Yeah, I mean, especially once it got grueling there, I mean, um, you know, like, it's just, the trend has been every second moto this entire season has been a little, a touch better for me, but just, like, comfort, and uh, I don't know if it's just like I get warmed up, and and uh, it feels like the harder I go longer in practice, the better I feel in the first moto, and then I always end up feeling a bit better in the second moto, so... It's um, it's kind of we kind of got a good uh, good thing going right now, um, yeah. And like you say, with the bike, how with the Cowie, how it's rear end steering, and you know I can slide the back end around. And especially now, once we start getting to the east tracks where it's a bit softer and um, kind of more like what I what I ride all the time and grew up riding. So um, it, it was pretty fun to get on. Like it's fun to get out there and race and feel comfortable being able to just to push it and uh kind of feel like back in the 250 days where where i could uh you know it's like i put the bike where i want it and um i can have fun and and uh hang off the back and pin it just wants to pin it wants to hold on to that motorcycle and make things happen and when it's handling properly you can do exactly that with three rounds left in the series um like obviously like the the goal is a championship here you're only 25 points out but uh um regardless of uh that uh, that number at the end of the year. What were, what are some of your goals moving forward? Uh, what, what what needs to happen for uh, Tyler Medaglia to leave the 2018 uh, motocross season uh, a happy guy? Well, I'm you know what I'm like I'm happy where I'm at right now. I mean, obviously, I want to keep this keep this trend going. Um, so yeah, I just want to get a bunch more hole shots. I mean, that really helps you in every situation. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep getting good starts, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can get a couple more wins before uh, before it's done. And yeah, and then look uh, look forward into I got a super fast track already built, so um, yeah, we're getting uh, everything prepared for the switch to the nineteen and um, and supercross as well. So we'll have everything ready to go for that. And it's uh, it's been a pretty fun uh, fun journey so far. 
Well, for sure. I mean, you've always had a ton of skills, uh, both indoors and out. Uh, probably uh, most well known for uh, for your outdoor skills. But uh, w- what's the transition like for you moving to uh, the tight confines of whether it's an arena cross or uh, the supercross uh, that's uh, going to be coming to Toronto? Which, uh, if you look at the track map, is going to be pretty wide open. I'm pretty. I was impressed to see how how kind of open they're going to use that uh, that baseball stadium floor with. Uh, so like, what, what's your mindset in, uh, moving into that? And, uh, what are some of the things you need to work on, uh, to kind of brush things up on the supercross side of things? Yeah, I think, um, I think from just how the, uh, I think we're just going to get the, we'll get the suspension a little bit better. I think I had it set up pretty, um, aggressively for how, how, uh, small those arena cross tracks were. And just kind of how they have um, an amateur program. It's not built um, like a AMA Supercross, mm-hmm. so it's you know the super super rigid suspension isn't um, isn't like a must. So um, there is a happy medium, and I think uh, we already kind of know like <clears throat> we we didn't really have. I mean, just because it was winter and the, the truck was on the road for the arena crosses, they didn't really need to take apart my suspension and I only had the one set at the time that was ready for indoors. So I was just taking it down and using it. Uh, I would put on my bike when I would go to a supercross track and down South I was riding on full, full kind of blown supercross tracks. So it would work really good there. And then I'd get to the arena cross and it would be, it would be good, but it was just a little bit much for some of those smaller, like tire tracks that you know have to accommodate uh, amateurs as well. So um, yeah, there's that that um, little aspect to it. That um, but I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to it. Having you know, now we know that this time of year the dirt's gonna, not going to be you know frozen or melting. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> melting as we're as we're racing, and it's not going to be on hockey ice, so it's not going to continue to keep staying frozen and all this other stuff. So right. Um, I think we had a really good dirt at Calgary and I, and I mean, even that was a pretty small track. So I think with good dirt like that, the racing is going to be great and uh, it'll be a lot of fun too. For sure. And, uh, if I, if I could make any change to the, the arena cross series from this last year, I think in me, you might, might agree, uh, counterclockwise tracks seem to work better than clockwise, uh, with all the, the right hand turns back to back to back to back, um, in a track, like I think it was Sarnia, there was literally like one, one corner on the track that you could make a pass on. And if you didn't make that pass, you're kind of just freight training out there. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's so small and and what they were working with was like play doh dirt, and I mean, yeah, and everything kind of funneled to one line. It, I mean, it, the thing is, is that they have a they had a huge un- undertaking here uh, yeah. of this project, and it's a huge step forward. But like anything, there's going to be growing pains, and I think mm-hmm. the arena cross thing was a uh, one of those pickups where it's like, oh man, like this was a little bit. Um, more than what they kind of expected as far as, like, an issue. It was a pretty big deal, right? So, um, you know, like, even even as I was getting, like, continuing on, it was getting better. They were figuring things out. It was getting more organized. I mean, the dirt could have been addressed and should have been, but, I mean, I don't know what they could have done differently. You can't just, you know, fly a bunch of dirt up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, besides getting sand, 
um, this time of year in Canada. That's just what you expect. And even like even with Calgary and Popcom, they kind of um, there were some like hiccups there. But I mean, after like at the third round, it uh, it was it was already you know on par and everything was on time. And, and they keep uh, they keep improving. So I, I would think like. Um, this growing pain stuff is just going to be like a first year deal. I feel like they're going to, you know, same thing with Supercross. First round is probably going to be a little bit shaky, but they'll figure it out. And I think it's huge for the sport moving forward, um, especially for, for Canada. I mean, people have been texting me saying like, Hey man, like I just seen you on TV on TSN and, and, uh, you know, it's been a while since I, I've gotten texts like that, you know, That's and cool. I was in an airport. And I was in an airport, and I seen one of the races was on TV at, at like the the little restaurant. So it's it's pretty good. I think it's we're on the right track. Absolutely, a huge step forward for Canadian motocross. Uh, and and like you said, with anything, there will be growing pains, hiccups, and everything in between. Um, I, I I will selfishly uh, say that maybe uh, the series hit its stride in uh, Manitoba. I know that's probably a race that you don't want to remember at least half of it. Uh, but um, how how did you enjoy uh, coming to Manitoba for the first time since there was probably an epic mutter um, and uh, and and uh, yeah, racing. Uh, McNabb Valley Raceway, which is a track that uh, is is one of the uh, one of the actually one of three probably of the the crown jewels of, of Manitoba motocross. Yeah, I mean, like I was completely surprised. I watched like a little YouTube video um, of the track before, and I'm like, okay, it was kind of like Morton. Yep. Um, it looked it looked similar, and I was like, and Morton was great. Uh, don't get me wrong. Of um, you, you know, that was uh, it was awesome, but we just didn't have luck with weather there. Um, we had one year where it was really good, so I was like, okay, well, if we get good weather, it should be nice and rutted, and that dark dirt is, uh, is pretty sweet, and then when I got there, it was, like, way better than I even expected. They had all the equipment, um, they had enough equipment to do everything, really, and, man, that was the best, that was one of the best tracks I've, I've ridden in a long time. I had so much fun there. Um, the dirt was good, the jumps were good, there was, like, they had some sand section and some rollers and it was a lot of fun. Like I kind of wish that I could, I could, uh, you know, ride there, you know, during the weeks. Cause it's, uh, <laughs> that place was legit. Uh, I was kind of saying to my brother too, even in, and, uh, my brother-in-law Mitch, they would have loved it too. Cause it's, you know, we had some jumps to whip on and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a blast, man. I had, I loved that place. For sure, a track probably uh, unrivaled locally as far as a, a good flow, uh, some uh, change of elevation, which is rare for uh, for, Win- or for Manitoba, as you know. Uh, actually, you had the fortune of riding two of the tracks, uh, Morden and and uh, and Minidosa, that both have a, even a little bit of hills on them, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that uh, Brad McNabb, unbelievable job. I think he said he basically saw the opportunity to just. Uh, hit it out of the park on his first try and uh, pulled out all the stops because uh, you know as well as I do, the guy who goes down south uh, probably more than anybody locally uh, to go uh, see what's happening uh, south of the border to see how, how a, uh, a big motocross track is ran. So uh, I, I'm glad to hear that uh, you were impressed. And uh, if we have to fly you out to, to put you on a Transcan at Kawasaki for a weekend, man, like if you got an off weekend, we'll, we'll, we'll pull some strings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back and and just do some some run, fun riding there. Um, yeah, I mean you could tell it was it was just showed up. The, everything was 
well kept. The grass was all cut. Um, you know, they had big jumps. It looked like a true national track, and it was, and it turned out to be. I mean, obviously, the second moto was a bit of a bummer for me, but I mean, that's you know, that's the you know, part of racing with machines, right? So, but they had all the equipment. They had all the water trucks. Like it was, it was super legit, man. I was really impressed. Awesome, man. Well, uh, three rounds to go. We, uh, I know uh, you've you've uh, you've got some personal bests still to come uh, down the pipe, but uh, I wish you the best of luck as you roll down the the rest of this uh, this series, my friend. I really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, thank you for uh, considering me. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to chat, let me know. Absolutely, always got time for uh, for Tyler Medaglia, a guy who uh, slogged his way through the mud in two thousand and seven. At Morden, I believe you were there, correct? I was, yeah. Yep. How 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 was that? Before I let you go, how how was that ridiculous mutter? And for those who haven't already seen it, go find. Uh, it was guaranteed motocross uh, posted it years ago. Uh, the 2007 Morden mutter. Yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous. Um, it was one of the worst mud races I think I've ever done. Um, there was like four or five sections of the track, and it just like. Didn't even know if I could get through it every lap, and, and it was crazy because um, Mitch Cook actually won, and I was in second, and we were on the same team, and uh, I was in second, and my bike blew up on the very last lap. <laughs> so I got uh, I kind of got shafted there, but yeah, that Bummer. was uh, that was pretty unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we don't get any more of those. But you never know with you know the weather at Walton. It, they have some pretty epic mutters too sometimes. So, yeah, I, I think actually, I don't know, you probably wouldn't have been old enough to be racing at pro level at that time. I think two thousand and three or oh two, they had an epic mutter. I think they ended up canceling half the day, and Blair Morgan went out there on his sled. You probably were you were probably there as an amateur that weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think I was there. I was racing. Uh, I think in the eighties. Yeah, but that, I, I do remember that. That was crazy. Well, your 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 uh, your gap from eight, being on eighties to racing pro was probably uh, like a, a grand total of eighteen months. Yes, no. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> race. Uh, I didn't race junior for very long. I think I was. I think I raced. Uh, yeah, oh three. I was intermediate, and then um, so I raced eighties and junior in oh two, and uh, yeah, and then. Um, I actually should have focused more on the big bike because I rode it better than the 80 anyways. Yeah. And then I went to intermediate. And then in 04 and 05, I didn't really race because uh, I had two pretty big injuries. So right. I, got to live, uh, I got to live the regular life. And um, and I think that kind of helped uh, me with my focus too um, after that because I got to party with my friends and getting shit and run around like... I can, you know, terrorize my parents. Um, <laughs> in those two, in those two years that I was injured, so I got that out of my system when I was pretty young. There you go. Get the let out, and then get focused on racing motocross. Tyler Medaglia on the Big MX Radio podcast. We thank you so much for coming on the on the show, my friend. I know you got a ton of great sponsors. I give you an opportunity right now to run those down if you'd like. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll cut it off, man. Yeah. Thanks again. Uh, like I said, I appreciate it. Um, obviously, my my family, um, you know, Heidi puts up with my crap, and uh, the kids are 
um, are awesome. It's uh, quite the dynamic here, but my parents and brother and all my support system here, um, and then Monster Energy, uh, Alpine Stars, Pillars, Kawasaki. I mean, the whole the whole team is uh, it's good. It's a good fun good fun season. Good fun group of people, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing. Awesome, man. Well, don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. <laughs>